Hey, hey, welcome to Kevin Elworth Unplugged. My name is Kevin Elworth. I'm going to guide us through a conversation today. But my podcast exists to talk about life, leadership, and all the things in between. And that's going to be no different today. We're going to tackle one of my favorite concepts. It's one that's just been revolutionizing my thinking for the past few months. My, probably the past few years, if I'm really going to be honest with you and, and really get down to business. And it's one that I think is kind of elusive, something that needs to be really unpacked and drilled into as we really become who we want to become. And I don't care who you are, what your background is, what your uh, worldview is. We all have a desire that's based on what I want to talk to you about today. What am I going to talk to you about today? I'm going to talk to you about the single word abundance. Abundance has been just really wrecking my thinking in the last few, like I said, in the last few years. It's something that I have been aggressively praying for. It's been something that I'm aggressively pursuing. And I think the more that you focus on it, the more that your life will become abundant. So how do we get there? I, I want to just, I want, we're going to use a little bit of the, the word of God to be able to unpack this today. And I hope that's okay with you. If it's not, if it's not something that you're open to, I want to just ask you to hear me out, okay? Give me the latitude to be able to speak about it and then decide your opinion after the fact. For many of you, you know, you grew up or you've been in a church setting and you've navigated through some things, you've dealt with some some things when it comes to this idea of abundance. To be honest with you, one of the problems that we so profoundly and consistently face when it comes to this idea of abundance is that somewhere along the way, we were taught that it was wrong to be rich, that it was wrong to be wealthy, that it was wrong really to have anything, and that having things or being wealthy or having uh, the idea of abundance was somehow sinful and wrong. And, and so we've actually looked at life and said, uh, the ones who don't have are the ones who are more spiritual, or the ones who suffer are the ones who are closer to Christ. This is why you see this whole trend um, for a long period of time about, you know, if I if I use the term monk, you would understand the idea of a person who owned nothing, who had nothing, who lived, didn't have, you know, didn't even have a house to live in. You know, a monastery, you're going to live at the church and you're going to own no, you have no possessions, not even clothing. You've got some kind of like garment that goes over you, but it's not clothing. And so we were told or we began to believe that to be spiritual, you had to have nothing. And so therefore, the opposite of that is also true. We began to believe that to have things means that you're not spiritual. And to be honest with you, that's just not the case. In fact, you see threaded throughout the scripture, just the profound impact of what can happen to a person if they understand the abundance of the Lord. There's a verse that says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof or the abundance thereof. And so if we are God's creation and if we are given freedom to be able to cast or have dominion over the earth, then why can't we partake in the, the fullness of it as well? And so here's my point today. My point today is really to just stretch your thinking a little bit when it comes to this concept of abundance and literally give you some permission to start pursuing something that you've always wanted to have. You've always wanted to go after. You've just thought that, man, if I do this, 
if I live in this way, this is not this is not godly. It's not God centric. It's not it's not right. Well, I'm here to tell you that it is right. And I, I want to drop this statement for you. I, I don't think I've ever dropped this one before. Um, but a while back, probably about a year ago now, I was really really doing some pursuing on this this idea and this concept. And the thought hit me. You know, you've heard so we you have heard you probably everybody has talked about heard about or talked about the idea of the prosperity gospel and how it's so wrong and so evil and so whatever. Have you ever heard about the poverty gospel? My guess is that you never have. No one ever talks about the poverty gospel, but just as profound or as as labeled as wrong is the prosperity gospel, the poverty gospel is also equally as wrong. It's also as equally sinful. Because the Lord himself never intended for you to uh, not have what you needed through this life. He never intended that. And yet, for some reason, we believe, we have believed that to have less means that you're more spiritual. And that's not at all true. And I want to help change your thinking today. In fact, I am on like a war path right now. I feel like my specific endeavor in life is specifically to help the business community to be able to understand the concept of what they can really go after with a proper mindset. When your thinking changes, everything about your life can change. The problem is, is that so few people actually think that they can change their mind. They don't realize the fact that they need to change their thinking. They just think that what they're getting is all that they deserve. But if you change your thinking, you can change everything about you. In fact, I've told you this so many times before, but like my favorite statement right now, your future depends or is created based on the questions that you're willing to answer. And I think that is so profound. The problem is, is that we are not willing to answer any questions. We'll use phrases like, I don't know, or that's not possible, or that can't happen to people. You know, we immediately build up barriers towards that. And what you're doing is you're building a mental block towards something that you you just think it's not even possible. So you don't look at it. You don't question it. Changing your thinking, listen, understand this, changing your thinking will not magically make something appear. It's not that as if you say, you know, I want this. And so I believe in abundant God. And so here it is. It's just going to magically appear. No, that's not it at all. But it will miraculously make this start working in your favor because you believe it to be so. There's a verse in the Bible. I think it's one of the scariest verses. Um, I can't, for the life of me, I can't think of the location it is right now. If I had a minute and uh, some free free time, I could go investigate it and I'd find it after the fact. But the verse was, um, there's a passage that says that Jesus could not heal or whatever it was, could not because of their unbelief. In other words, their closed mindset prevented them from experiencing and engaging what they wanted, but they didn't think was possible. That's where we need to begin to open our thinking. This is where we begin to need to start thinking in terms of what is possible, what could be. Is it possible that when you begin taking God at his word, when it comes to the way he provides, you will be met over time with all the best of his provision. That is a guaranteed fact. And if you have not experienced that, 
It's because of one, two simple reasons. Number one, your lack of belief. And number two, fear. I, I Fear is really the number one cause of every single problem in your life. Fear is. Fear ultimately is what keeps us small, reserved, and deceitful. Did you realize that the only reason why we would ever lie is because of fear? We're afraid of what will happen on the other side of that. In other words, we trust our instincts inside of ourselves more than we trust the Lord with the truth. And so if there's going to be, if someone asks us a question and, and the other side of that question is, I'm going to get in trouble with this, that's where we'll lie because we don't trust the Lord with the truthfulness. We trust ourselves with I've got, I feel afraid, I feel fearful based on the uncertainty of what might come. And so I'm going to be deceitful. I'm going to lie about whatever it is. I want to read you a passage of scripture today from Genesis. Um, I was listening to uh, a talk from Myron Golden the other day. Myron Golden is just, oh my gosh, a voice for the ages. And I was listening to some of what he says, and his his premise is really foundational based on Genesis chapter 1. And uh, he, he said something along the lines the other day of, of if we really understood the idea of Genesis, the beginnings, and what God was attempting to do, and if we would just seek to follow his pattern in Genesis chapter 1, everything would be resolved for us. And I think there's something to what he's saying. But it says this in Genesis 1, 28, God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over it, over the fish in the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth, and every tree with seed and its fruit, and you shall have them for food, and every beast on the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the, on the ground or on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food, and it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. Can you see, as you walk through that passage of Scripture, Genesis 1, 28 through 31, can you see the abundant language that God gave humankind or mankind in that passage? In just those few verses, he just unveils, listen, I'm giving you everything, everything that is found on this earth, I'm giving it to you. And then what does he say? He says this, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over it. He's telling that to us. In other words, you have the ability to command it, to control it, to claim it, to use it, to experience it, to just be filled with the abundance of it. I think it was, um, oh, what is his name? Murray, I think, Murphy, something. I don't know. I've been listening to this voice on YouTube for so long, and I just can't think of his name right now. But um, he says, his his language is, if if the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and if he gave us the opportunity to be all of, all of that, then why is any part of our life less than abundant? 
And, and I look at that and I have to ask the same question. And there, there's the difference is that I've never had the boldness to ask the question before. Why, why do I feel that my life is less than? Why do I feel that there's a lack of? It's, it's because of fear. It's because I thought this. I thought, well, and here's, here's one of the biggest problems is that we listen to the voice of the media rather than we listen to the voice of the Lord. And what does the voice of the media declare to us? The voice of the media declares to us that there is shortage, that resources are running out, that you should hoard what you have because we might run out tomorrow. You know, there's like this fear-mongering thing that goes on right now with the idea of a recession. Is there going to be a recession? Maybe. Do you know why a recession would be? Because of fear. Because people are, we, we are literally creating the future outcome of a recession simply because of fear. Why, the world is not running out of resources. Do you realize that if we assembled all the food that is just created inside of the United States, there'd be enough food for the whole world? Hands down, it would be so simple. There's no food shortage anywhere. It's just the fact that we haven't allocated it in the right places at the right times. And, and then no, 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 the secondly, along with those same things, is that um, our adversary wants us to believe that these resources are running out. From the beginning of time, God has instilled enough resource for humankind for all of lifetime, and the lifetime is beyond yours. It's all of lifetime. This earth is not running out. God would not do that to his people. It just would not happen. And so what do, what do we do with this? What do we do? And in fact, let me backtrack just a minute. Um, one of these voices, many voices, if you look it up, you would find and understand that even in the Great Depression back from the 1920s was a fabricated idea based on the fear of man. That's what brought that about was fear. If fear had not been a thing, the res that, that Great Depression would not have taken place. And it lasted as long as it did, again, because of fear. If we can master fear, we can really press towards abundance. Now, I'm going to talk about fear in another podcast. I think the one next week, first Tuesday of November, I think I'm really going to drill into fear because it, it needs to be something that I pack wholeheartedly or in much more detail than I meant today. But I really want to keep this or centered on abundancy. Because if I can help you begin to ask abundant life questions and to begin to progress towards abundant life outcomes, you will see change in your life. The reason why you don't see change is because you give up on your belief. Because one thing happens in your life or because something didn't happen in your life in the time frame that you thought it would, you give up on belief. Belief is something that has to be intact every single day without hesitation, without doubt, without question, without anything. It's got to be there and intact. You cannot allow the falseness of, of the narrative of what's happening in culture today to take you away from what God said was already true. My favorite statement of all time that I ever crafted is what God said one time is good enough for a lifetime. In other words, we give up on belief because what we're seeing and experiencing in the culture today. Did the Word of God change it? No, we changed it because we gave up on the Word of God. If we just drill down and lock into what God said, it would all be true. 
So here's what needs to happen. Number one, view the view. Uh, what did I write this down? I wrote it down wrong in my teleprompter here. View the earth. Okay. View the earth as full of God's abundant provision. View the earth as full of God's abundant provision. I have a theory for you. Hear me out now. Um, well, I preached in the the church I was pastoring a year ago. I preached through Revelation. It was the most mind blowing sermon series I've ever done in all of my life. In fact, it was probably partly to my own demise. I think probably not the wrong right terminology at that point, but I began to recognize uh, mostly as I was processing through this ser- sermon series the certainty of what God was calling me to. It was at that point that I had solidified my mind. I am my days of pastoring are coming coming to an end. It was a very real and and raw thing for me. Um, it's very emotional. In fact, I still get very emotional about it, even though we are right now one year from the date that I had written my resignation and decided I wouldn't turn that resignation in for another three months. But I uh, had made the desert, the decision that this was going to happen. And um, uh, it was just becoming this profound effect of, I'm going to recognize the abundance of God. And so where where was I going with all this? Well, you know, Revelation talks a lot about heaven. It talks about a lot about the life of with God that we will have. And one of the theories or one of the realities that I was beginning to understand is that um, the earth is not going to be disseminated and thrown away. God doesn't throw away greatness of his creation. There's two greatest creations that God made. The best is mankind. The second is the earth. And God's not going to give away either one of those things. He's, he's going to heal, protect, restore both of them. They're both going to be active, involved in the, the, in, in, uh, uh, what, what am I looking? Redemption. Redemption is the word I'm looking for. And so, you know how there's that thought that talks about the streets being paved with gold in heaven? Maybe you're familiar with this. Maybe you're not familiar with this. But one of the astounding things that I felt like the Lord brought to my mind was, isn't it going to be sad when so many of humanity get to heaven and realize that the streets that were paved with golds, that with gold was the ones that they were walking on? And that just hit me. Because what I began to realize and what I began to sense that God was telling me was that the opportunity that is contained in our lifetime is literally gold lying on the streets. And the difference is, is that so few people actually recognize true opportunity from tragedy or difficulty or circumstance. There is so much opportunity in our world today that all you have to do is begin to look at something, ask a question about it, and then say, what, what, what needs to happen for that to be mine? How do I reap the benefit of that opportunity right there? And then begin to see the thing is, is that we've reduced our life down to all I have is all I ever deserve. And that's all my life is ever going to be. This is where we get the contentment issue wrong from Philippians chapter four, where Paul said, be content with such things. I've learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. Do you know what the problem with that logic is? 
The problem with that concept is that was Paul's for his purpose and his place at his time. He was content with the fact that I am in prison right now, and this is all I can do. And I'm not going to wish for any different because I can't get these people to release me from prison. The difference is, is that you're not in prison, that you're listening to this, and the problem is, is that you're living far below your ability, your potentiality, and you're somehow content with that. That needs to drive you freaking crazy to get to the spot where you're like, you know what? I am not content with the fact that my life is not fulfilled based on what God said was possible for me. I am not subduing the earth. I do not have dominion over over even my own household. And so I need to begin to view the earth as full of God's abundant provision. And so what do I feel is lacking from my life right now? Because if I feel like it's lacking from my life right now, then I need to go out and claim something in it, of it, and begin to pray over it, and to begin to visualize and envision my life with that thing. Because I believe that that's what God wants wants me to have. Secondly, here's number two. Never allow limited thinking to be part of your thought. (laughs) Never allow limited thinking to be part of your thought process. Never allow limited thinking to be part of your thought process. You begin to look at your life as opportunistic. I've got vacancy that can be filled. I'm not limited in my potential. I'm not limited in my resources. I'm not limited in anything. No, I am open for business. I have bandwidth for God to be able to fill. And I'm just looking for it. So God, what do I need? What's missing? What do you want me to have? And here's the thing. This is where God actually gives us creativity. He gives us the ability to say, he puts those desires in our hearts for a reason because he wants us to experience them. You see, for some reason, for whatever reason, I grew up in church thinking that desire was all wrong. I grew up in church hearing that I had to hear what was the will of God for my life. And if I didn't have that, then God didn't really have a plan for me. That the plan for God was specific and special only for reserved people, only the really the best of the best that he wanted. But then you looking through the word of God, I'm like, this that's not what the word of God says. I mean, you see, constantly see God choosing people who were far less than effective and mastering their lives with them. So never allow limited thinking to be part of your thought process. Number three, begin ever entering every day with possibility of abundant prosperity. And there, I'm going to use that word, abundant prosperity. Begin entering every day with possibility of abundant prosperity. Number four, I'm going to wrap this up here. If you feel that the output of your life is not yet maximized, then I have a two-part process for you. Number one, ask God to show you what a maximized life would or should look like for you. And don't move until you hear him answer you. Secondly, and I'll reduce my God language in this for people who are with me that may not believe in this, envision what you'd want life to be at its fullest and be bold enough to write it down. You've heard that so many times in so many different passages in so many different places and ways that you should be bold enough to write down what your vision for your life would be. I did this this morning, wrote it in my journal. Um, I wrote down kind of my five-year plan. This is who I am. This is what I do. This is what I bring to the table. This is what people are looking to me for. This is the amount of money that I'm making with it. This is what's blessing and benefiting my family because of it. And then the Lord brought to me this verse. 
one of my favorite verses. In fact, I believe this is going to be one that characterizes the rest of my life. Along with, this would be part two. Part one is Romans 12, 2. Part two is Proverbs 16, 3. I've loved this verse for a long time. Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. Commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established. Now, let me go back to my phrase. Your future is defined based on the questions that you are willing to answer. How can you commit what you do not know? You don't know, you don't have work. And you're thinking, well, my work is what my boss tells me to do. No, 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 no. That's where we also get that wrong. Because one of the biggest mistakes we make is that we fear and we trust our employer more than we fear and trust our Savior. So how can you commit what you do not know? And then lastly, how can his plans for you be constructed if you're not moving in a direction? How can his plans be constructed for you if you're not moving in a direction? So here's the thing. Let's go all the way back to the beginning with this idea from Genesis chapter 1, verse 28 through 31. You have dominion over the earth. You are to subdue it. You're to be fruitful and multiply it. You're to do all these different kinds of things. And the result is abundancy and fullness. So if there's not fullness, figure out what's missing and start putting a plan in place, your work in place to be able to move after that thing. And then the biggest thing that you should change is beginning to live like it was already a part of your life. Now, that is so difficult, and I believe that there will be some pushback on this narrative and on this idea, because you'll just be like, okay, Kevin, that's cute and all, but let's get realistic. No, let's not get realistic. Let's get faithful. Let's start actually expressing Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, where we trust in the Lord with all of our heart and lean not into our own understanding. In all our ways, acknowledge Him, and He will make our paths straight. How about we start fleshing out the idea and the ability to believe in the very word of God and stop making excuses for why it doesn't work for us? How about that? How about we just start believing in the miraculous, in the possibility of fullness, in the possibility and the potential of abundance? Start doing that. The problem is, is that you feel like you've got this long track record of how it didn't work. And so you're not willing to give it another effort or another attempt. The reality is you probably have never given it an attempt to begin with. So the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. What's missing from your life? What should be the fullness of your life? And honestly, what's the opportunity that is actually gold lying on the street in front of your house that you don't even recognize or see? You've walked past it, you've driven past it, you've looked at it, you're like, oh man, I wonder what the story is there. Or you don't even ask the question. You just keep on going. I'm just going to stay in my lane. I'm just going to do with my thing. Well, it's time to ask a new question. It's time to pursue a new angle, a new element towards abundancy. And I hope, my prayer, my aspiration, my desire for you is that you find it. And that, it, and that it fills you, and that it overwhelms you, and that it just captivates the goodness of your life. 
Hey, this is all for today. This is probably my longest podcast yet. If you listen to me this long, I pray that it's really blessed you and filled you and just enlightened you. But let's talk back and forth a little bit. Let's see how we can just develop this and just become mutually encouraging to each other as we flesh out our days here and see the goodness of God come alive on our behalf. Don't ever hesitate to let me know how I can help you. I look forward to talking with you soon.